Hello, this is After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. On this podcast, we will obviously be talking about, well, sports, but mostly basketball and football, but I'll also try to find some time as well. We will find some time for baseball, hockey, college basketball, and college football. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about where I think Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell will end up in free agency in the NFL, and then we're going to switch over to the NBA, where I'm going to talk about some of the headlines and things that happened last night in the NBA games. You may have heard me on Break It Down, um, which is a podcast from my friend Thomas Stapleton, where he talks all about the NBA. That's really cool, so you could go should go check that out. And since we talked about a lot of the things in the NBA, I'm going to talk a little bit about football and just some of the stuff that happened last night since we talked about a lot of NBA on that. So go check that out after this. First, I'm going to start off with um, the Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown um, talk. So Le'Veon Bell becomes a free agent. He's not going to come back to Pittsburgh. And Antonio Brown, obviously, as you know, has requested a trade from Pittsburgh. So first, I'm going to start off with where I think they're going to go. I'll start off with Antonio Brown. I still am sticking to my word from the beginning that Antonio Brown is going to go to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, The Steelers have said in an Antonio Brown trade they would like a high draft pick, and the 49ers have one of the highest draft picks in this year's draft. Plus, I think he'd be a good fit there. Um, They need weapons. Antonio Brown could really help that offense that I think him and George Kittle together um, would be a great, you know, fit with the 49ers. Um, That would give Jimmy G a lot of weapons and help him come back from his injury. I think the 49ers have the assets to make a move for Antonio Brown. I think it's a big market for him. I think he'd be a good fit there. And since day one, I've said 49ers, I think that's where he's going to go. I think that would probably be a good fit. I think they have the pick to trade for Antonio Brown. People have said an Odell Beckham Antonio Brown swap, but I just don't see that happening. Um so yeah, I think the 49ers with Anthony uh, Anthony Antonio Brown um that seems to make the most sense. That's what I've said from day one. There's obviously other teams in the talks, but I think the 49ers. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes other places, but the 49ers and Le'Veon Bell, I think I've said it. The best fit for him would be in Philly. I don't think he's going to go to Philadelphia with the Eagles because they don't really have the cap space. Philadelphia has big free agents on the market this year, um, such as Golden Tate, Brandon Graham, just to name a few. And they need to pay those guys. And Le'Veon Bell, for all these teams... I think he'd be a great fit in Philadelphia, but I just don't think they're going to get him because of the cap space issue. Um, So Philly, best fit. I just don't think he'll go there. There have been talks about the Colts. I think there's a possibility he goes to the Colts. Remember, he's a free agent. Antonio Brown has to be traded. 
So Le'Veon Bell can go anywhere, and Antonio Brown has to be traded. So for Bell, heavy talks about the Jets, but the Jets have kind of shied away from him just a little bit because he's put on about 25 pounds um, since the last time he played, which is a key factor. You need to be physically fit to play football, and I think the Jets are still one of the top options. They have the money to get Le'Veon Bell, but... And they're in a big market, which for a guy like Le'Veon Bell is perfect. The question is, does Bell want to win now? Because if Bell wants to win now, New York isn't really the option. They're not really in win now. I think they're starting to head in the right direction future-wise. But I just think it checks off boxes of big market in New York, obviously. They can pay him. And I think he'd be a solid fit there. But... Overall, they're not going to do a lot of winning. So I don't know if that's really where Le'Veon Bell wants to go if he really wants to win. But if he wants to get paid, yeah, New York New York Jets. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, I like the Colts. I'm a Patriots fan, but I like the Colts as well. Second favorite team. But besides that, I mean, I think he'd be a solid fit in Indy. I think they can pay him um, pretty good money. I think Le'Veon Bell would really... Um, help them a lot. I think they have a very good quarterback in Andrew Luck that if he can stay healthy, he can be top five. Their offensive line is very good, very young, which would help Le'Veon Bell. Overall, I think they lack weapons, though. I think besides they have a good quarterback, I mean, great quarterback if he can stay healthy, a great offensive line, but they kind of lack weapons, and Le'Veon Bell would kind of make up for that. And... um. You look at some of the receivers, like T.Y. Hilton is a solid receiver, but he's like their best weapon, and their running back's Marlon Mack. So I think overall, I think there's a good chance he um, goes to Indy because I think they can pay him, he'll win, he gives them that needed weapon, I think, on offense. And overall, I said it, I said it, best fit in Philly. I just don't see him going there because of salary cap issues. Uh, the Jets and Colts, I feel like, are the front runners to get him right now. Um, people have said the Ravens. I don't think he goes to the Ravens. Um, you know, what are some other teams? Like, I just really do think that there are a lot of teams in the conversation. I just think the Colts and the Jets are the front runners to get Le'Veon Bell right now. I think there's also a ton of teams in the Antonio Brown talks, but I think the 49ers would be a great landing spot for him. Uh, San Francisco, solid, pretty big market. Um, he'd be a good fit there. And the um, 49ers have the high draft pick that – is what the Steelers are looking for in return for Antonio Brown. So those are my predictions so far on the um, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown talks. All right, now I'm going to move on to the NBA action last night. Obviously, it was the first games um, coming back from the All-Star break. There's a lot of exciting headlines revolving um, those some of those NBA games. And... I thought some of them were pretty interesting. I thought there were a lot of teams that I said to be out on the look for to see how they come back from the All-Star break, and a lot of them played last night. Like the, um, I wanted to see how the Rockets do, the Lakers do, the Celtics, the Nets. Um, I mean, almost all the teams that played last night um, 
you kind of want to see how are they going to do coming out of the All-Star break. And I'm going to get to a few of the games. Um, first, I'll start with the Celtics. I'm a Celtics fan, and I watched the game. And the Celtics' offense was inefficient. Kyrie Irving um, made a total of, like, 1 for 10, I believe he was, in the first half. And his inefficiencies caught up with the team. They lost 98 to 97. They were shooting, I think to start the third quarter, they were shooting 13%. It was somewhere in the teens. And Kyrie Irving was a big part of that. I thought Irving played well last night in the second half. He picked up his inefficiencies in the second half. He was hitting half of his shots. And although I look at some of the shots Kyrie Irving takes and I'll say, why'd you shoot that? And then it goes in. But his first half was a huge part of this team lost. Their defense was very good, I thought. They played some good defense. There are a few moments where they gave up some second chance, third chance opportunities. Um just a few times, but overall, in a close game like that, those can lose you games. And overall, about that game, I think their inefficient offense probably lost them the game because they shot very poorly from the field at times in that game. Sometimes they heat up, and then they kind of slow back down a little. And for the Bucks, they shot pretty inefficient as well, but they edged the Celtics out, and I think overall, both teams, it was an evenly matched game um, with the ways they played. They were both pretty inefficient, but at the same time, the Bucks hit the big shots at the end. Chris Middleton hit the biggest shot of the game. Um, I thought, I looked at that game, and do I think the Bucks are the biggest threat in the East? No. I don't I still don't believe they are because we haven't seen them perform in the playoffs yet. I think the Bucks are a threat, okay? I think the Bucks are a threat, but I have them being second round exits right now just because I can't believe in them yet. They're they haven't proven it to me in the playoffs. Am I gonna be shocked if they go to the Eastern Conference Finals? No, of course not. This is a four man race. It was a five man race till so Oladipo went down, but it's a four team race with the um Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Boston Celtics. And I just don't see the Bucks going as far because I feel like they're one of those teams that do well in the playoff, uh, regular season and then don't do as well in the playoffs. At least so far we've seen that. The past two years they lose to the Raptors and lose to the Celtics. First-round exits. They haven't even won a series yet in these past two years. So I know this is a way better team. Last year, they were the seven seed, and I think the year before that, they were like the five seed, I believe. And so they were underdogs, essentially, in both those years. I think they're going to pass the first round. They're probably going to be a f- the first or second seed, which means they're going to face teams, uh, maybe the Detroit Pistons, the Charlotte Hornets, possibilities of the Orlando Magic or the Miami Heat. They're going to win the first round. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I want to see how they do in the playoffs. Can this team hold up in the playoffs? I love the way this team's coach, Mike Budenholzer. So obviously they have a new coach um, than they have in recent, in the past. 
So I think he's done an excellent job with this team. Uh, Coach of the year conversation. Uh, They build around Giannis perfectly. Shooters. Giannis isn't a good shooter. Although I do want to say his three-point improvement has been magnificent. He's more confident shooting threes, and he's hitting more of his threes. And that's just in a matter of months. And I think he's going to be a solid three-point shooter coming in these next few years. He'll at least start once he, in the next few years, he'll be hovering around average three-point shooter. I think he went from a horrendous to average because he worked hard and built up his confidence. And but they're building ar- him around shooters. They're building shooters around him, and I think they did a great job building around Giannis. They add Nikola Mirotic, a guy who can not only hit threes but hit the boards. Uh, I think that's an underrated part of Nikola's game. He only played 14 minutes last night, and his return from his injury and in his first game as a Buck. And I thought he did all right, but not a huge sample size. But overall, I love the way they built this team. I do think this is a different team because now I think they're more experienced. They have a different coach. They have even more depth. So I think they're more of a threat than past years because people can dwell on the past years of the Milwaukee Bucks and say, oh, well, they haven't done very well in the playoffs. But I think this is kind of a new team because they are more experienced. They have a deeper team now, and they have a new coach in Mike Budenholzer, who's done much better than Jason Kidd did. Um, and they're they're doing much better this season than they have in the past two seasons. I look at them as a threat, but I'm just not sure if they can get it done in the playoffs yet. They could prove me wrong this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't think they can make it to the NBA Finals, especially. I have them as second-round exits to a team like Toronto, Philadelphia, maybe Boston. The thing about Philadelphia, though, is their team can tramples all over those bad teams, but then when they face a good team like, you know, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Thunder. They can never get the job done. So that's what kind of makes me think there's no way the 76ers make it to the finals. Well, not no way, but you look at their depth hurts them and the fact that this team just doesn't perform very well against good teams. That's what's going to happen in the playoffs. You perform well against bad teams like the opposite of the Boston Celtics. Celtics lose the easy games and then compete very hard like they did last night against the Bucks and make it a close game against the good teams, or they essentially win a lot of them. And I think that's what's kind of making the Boston Celtics right now. That's why they're in fifth, because um, they lose those easy games. I look at the Clippers. The Clippers made a crazy 28-point comeback with a brand-new team in Boston in a half, and (sighs) that was a disappointing one, and that one was a tough game to watch, and that was a tough pill to swallow. Overall, though, I still think Boston Celtics are the favorites because I feel like they're the most experienced team overall. You could argue the Raptors, but I feel like the Celtics, the whole group overall, the most experienced of the bunch, and I feel like overall they can just get the job done in the playoffs. They do well against the tough teams. That's what the playoffs are. You're facing the best of the best. Maybe not in the first round, but you're facing, for the most part, the best of the best, and that's going to help them because that's what they do good against, the hard competition. That's when they come to play their best when um, you're facing a tough team like that. So, 
overall thoughts from yesterday's game, I think the Bucks are a little more of a threat than I thought, but they're still not the biggest threat in the East. I still think it's probably the Celtics, because if you look at this four-team race, the Celtics have the 76ers number, and they have the Raptors number. They are down in the season series 2-1 to the Bucks, but... I mean, you look at it, one more made shot last night, it could easily be in their favor. They don't have the Bucks number. But I think for the the Raptors, they have their number, but I'm a little less confident in than the Sixers. They have destroyed the Sixers. The Sixers just can't beat them. Um, the Raptors, I think, could. I think I had um, the Celtics and Raptors, I believe I have them predicted. My prediction was the two of their team, their two teams were going to face off in the second or th- third round, and that was going to be like a seven-game series. That's what I think. It'll be a close series. I think as much as the Celtics have the Raptors number, I'm not completely confident they can walk into a Raptors series. No doubt they're going to win. I think I'd predict them to win, but the scariest team for the Celtics right now is probably the Bucks because they're the only team that they really don't have their number. The least scary is the Sixers out of the four teams because they've just destroyed the Sixers. And that's my take on the Bucks-Celtics game last night and kind of looking at the Bucks and the Celtics. And what does it tell me? Well, the Celtics keep proving they can compete with any top-tier team in the league, and the Bucks proved to be a little more threat than I thought. And once Nicole Miritich really, you know, you know, really finds a home in Milwaukee and starts getting more minutes and really fully recovers from the injury, because I don't think he was, I think there's a reason he played 14 minutes. And it's not only because it was his first game in Milwaukee, but the Bucks are going to be much more of a threat than they were the past two years. They're a different team, I think, but they're not the biggest threat in the East. All right, now I want to get to the Rockets-Lakers game last night. I um, have said it throughout the season, even when the Lakers are struggling, the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. And I've said it time and time again, people are starting to doubt them. It's LeBron James here. He's the 10 seed. You look at the team like the Clippers are in eighth place. The Clippers trade away Tobias Harris. To me, the Clippers aren't going to be here come playoff time. If the Lakers don't make the playoffs, I was wrong, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and, you know, stand that and take the heat that I was wrong if the Lakers don't make the playoffs. But I said they will. I said they were going to win last night because they're going to have to win a lot of these games come down the stretch. And this was the start. I think I said tonight they're going to beat out the Rockets, especially when LeBron said I'm playoff mode already. And I look at it, he played – 40 minutes last night, uh, grabbed 20, had 29 points, grabbed 11 rebounds, six assists. When LeBron says, I'm in playoff mode, watch out. He was in playoff mode. They played him for 40 minutes. He grew out, grabbed 11 boards, very active on the boards. And I think rebounds is one of those things that shows how much you care in a way. Especially if you're like, like, if you're like a small forward, especially like, you look at 11 rebounds. He said he was in playoff mode. The team won by five to the Houston Rockets. And listen, I didn't think, I didn't say the Lakers are winning last night because, oh, the Rockets are a bad team. No, I just think the Lakers need, if the Lakers, I have them making the playoffs. And if they're going to make the playoffs, I thought it was going to start last night. 
LeBron says he's in playoff mode. We got 25 games left right after the All-Star break. They're going to come out. They're going to win a few games. Like, I think in their next six games, they might look like... They might go, like, 5-1 and one and look like a very dangerous team. And everybody's going to be like, oh, LeBron's going to make the playoffs. And I think that's what's going to happen because when LeBron's in playoff mode, LeBron's in playoff mode. And I think... With him in playoff mode, knowing, you know, 25 games left and we are the 10 seed. We're sitting, um, I don't know, it's around three games out of the playoffs. He needs to pick up his game. He realized that. He was just like, all right, if we want to make the playoffs, if I want to continue my streak, I got to go in playoff mode. Listen, the Lakers are probably going to be first-round exits. I think they'll probably grab the eight seed. And probably lose to the Warriors in the first round. But LeBron just needs to make the playoffs, okay? No one's going to hate on him if he loses in the first round. This team is garbage around him. The Lakers were one of the worst teams last year. The Lakers were one of the worst teams last year. People forget that. That this team has barely changed. This Lakers team barely changed from last year. They're just a little older. And their young players may be a little better. A little. Nothing big. But last year they were like a bottom five team in the league. People don't realize that LeBron is playing with a team that was bottom five last year, and he is making them in the hunt for the playoffs. And has LeBron taken a step back this year? Mm, a little. It's probably because he suffered an injury that took him out for a month, and he's had no help this season. I mean, we can say the same thing about Cleveland, but I think he had a little more help in Cleveland. All right. I think he had a little more help in Cleveland. Just a little. Um, but LeBron's still a good player, and LeBron's going to make the playoffs. He's had a horrible coach. Luke Walton, I'm surpri- I don't know how he's not fired yet. I don't know how he's not fired, but he isn't. LeBron's going to find a way to push this team to the playoffs. Uh, last night, uh, it showed not only was LeBron in playoff mode, the Lakers were. Not only did LeBron, LeBron played 40 minutes, Kuzma played 38, Brandon Ingram played 41, Reggie Bullock played 30. Not only do those numbers stand out and showing me, all right, they're playing their better players a lot of minutes, but how much help they have. Reggie Bullock played 30 minutes. Reggie Bullock played the fourth most minutes on the team in a game where they were like playoff mentality. Again, is this team completely healthy right at the moment? No, they didn't have um, they didn't have Lonzo, guys like Lonzo last night. And I'm sure Lonzo would take those minutes. But you get my point. This team doesn't have a lot of help. When you're playing Brandon Ingram 41 minutes, that's kind of a problem. When you say you're in playoff mode and you're looking at these games as must win and you're playing Brandon Ingram 40 minutes, 41, actually, that, that to me, is a little absurd. I like Brandon Ingram because I think he's a good scorer. But what else is he besides a good scorer? You have LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma. Like, you don't need another wing guard that can score. He scored 27, though. I'll give him that. But I still think he's a solid player. But Brandon Ingram, if you're in playoff mentality, Brandon Ingram's a good player, but 41 minutes... It shows that this team wants to win. And th- if they're going to play these guys 40 minutes, they're going to be gassed come playoff time. But 
they put themselves in this position where they have to, where they have to do this, where they have to play guys 38, 40 minutes. They have to play their stars 38, 40 minutes just to get in the playoffs. By the time they, they get there, they're going to be exhausted. They're a young team that's never been to the playoffs besides LeBron, and they're going to be an eight seed. They're going to face eight seed, seven seed if they do make the playoffs. They're probably going to face the Warriors, the Thunder, or the Nuggets. How much of a series can they make that? If they face the Warriors, I say at max, they can make probably a five-game series. Probably five. Six if they play their hearts out. But if they play their hearts out, you know how exhausted they're going to be. The Thunder, they can't make that too much of a series. I think the Nuggets are their best hope right now of making the playoffs and first-round opponent. Their best hope has to be the Nuggets. Because I think for them, the Nuggets are a good opponent because they don't have much playoff experience either. So for LeBron, he's sitting here saying, my team, the guys around me don't have much playoff experience, neither do the Nuggets. And if we want to make the playoffs, our first-round opponent's going to have to be the Nuggets, the Thunder, or the Warriors. It would be a miracle if they got the um, like the five seed. But it's not going to happen. Like, you know, seven, eight seed is probably where they're going to end up. They'd be so lucky even just to get the six seed. It's probably going to be 8 seed, maybe 7 seed. So you're looking at the Warriors, the Thunder, the Nuggets. The Nuggets would be the best possible first-round matchup for the Lakers. Even then, does anyone pick them winning the series? Especially, they're going to be gassed. And honestly, I don't know. I think LeBron could make that a series, though. I think LeBron could make that Nuggets-Lakers a series and possibly get them into the second round. But he has to hope they face the Nuggets because if they face the Thunder of the Warriors, it's game over for this team. It's done. It's over. As Vince would say, it's over. Look at the Rockets. They were complaining about the refs after the game. Um, apparently with uh, James Harden, there's something going on with um, There's something personal with him and one of the refs. James Harden plays 37 minutes last night. 30 points. He keeps the streak alive, barely. I said it in the Break It Down podcast. Enough with playing James Harden 37 minutes a night. Just so he can go get his 30 points. I understand last night was a close game. He probably should have been in at the end. I mean, not probably. He should have been in at the end of that game. But it's not necessary to play him 37 minutes. He's going to be gassed come playoff time, and this team needs him. He does too much. He needs to chill with the dribbles a little bit. Just a little. He needs to chill with the dribbles. He ha- He's dribbled the ball like 25,000 times this season. No joke. That's a statistic. And he's had the second highest ball usage rate of any player since the Russell Westbrook MVP season. Second highest ever. He needs to let like Chris Paul do a little bit. Or someone else do something. I think Chris Paul also, why 34 minutes isn't bad, but Chris Paul, for a guy like Chris Paul who is so injury prone, you need Chris Paul come playoff time as well. Play him like 28, 30 minutes, I think. You pay, play him less minutes to avoid another, another injury. James Harden, you play him 32 minutes most nights, all right? Because you need him come playoff time even more than you need Chris Paul. And considering he's played 38, 37 minutes a night, it's not good. And he's going to be 
exhausted from playoff time. He barely got 30 points. One of these nights, he's going to play 37 minutes and not hit 30 points for, like, a few games here and there. And notice his point drop-off's going down a little because he's tired. Last night, sure, he just got a week off. So, you know, maybe last night for James Harden could be one exception I'll give because you're facing the Lakers. They're so hungry for a win. Play James Harden 37 minutes one more time last night just because he just got a break. The Lakers are going to be really hungry and come out ready to win this game. So that better be the last time James Harden gets 37 minutes. But it's so consistent. I get it if here and there there's a big game, you know, against a, a tough opponent. Like, them and the Thunder. I, that's, like, one of the better rivalry, rivalries this season. I think I love watching the two of them face off. Don't know why. Just do. But they, um, when I look at their James Harden, last night should be the last minute time he gets over 35 minutes. Even 35. But I want to see him start going down 34 minutes, 32 like 32, 33 minutes for most of the games. If there's 24 games left, pretty much all those games, he should be getting less and less minutes. But they just don't get it. They just don't. That He's going to be gassed come playoff time, but they just don't believe it. I don't know why. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. So thank you guys for watching. And go check out um, Break It Down. Um, my friend Thomas does that. It's really good. Talks about the NBA. I'm in some of them. So go listen to that. Go subscribe. Listen to more content from this channel. So excited to keep doing this. Thank you guys so much. If you guys want to send in anything, any things you agreed with, disagreed with, please send that in. I'll take a look at it. Any things you want me to talk about, thank you.